This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot on the deep left field. It's high, deep, and it is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! What's good, Padres Nation? Our beloved San Diego Padres just got their third sweep of the season, and this time it comes against the Colorado Rockies. Back-to-back sweeps after beating up the Cardinals at home, and now the Rockies at home. It is really nice to see that, and our next opponent, which I'll be going into later, the Seattle Mariners have gotten no-no twice this season as well as uh as the texas rangers congrats to Corey kluber by the way that's pretty cool we've seen six in my opinion technically seven no-nos uh due to mad bum in seven innings but hey if rob manfred in the mlb is not going to count it it's you know i i can honestly care less but i'll count it uh, just because why not seven innings they decided to make it a double header but enough of that we're going to go back to the padres as the pitching was just absolutely phenomenal. It was mostly a pitching matchup, despite Game 1 being a nice 7 nothing shutout. So, um, despite the Rockies being in a bad record and all that, they really were showing off their pitching. And we've seen a lot of this before, where the Padres' offense just hasn't been lethal enough. Uh, but you're going to have that, and at the end of the day, if you get the win... You get it off the hook. So in game one, the biggest score here, seven and nothing. The Rockies got shut out twice in this series, two out of the three games. Uh, and the Padres really had it to them and their three starting pitchers, Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove. So in game one, Manny Machado, his sixth home run, making it 2 nothing off John Gray early, bringing in Trent Grisham. And this home run was a nice one. To give a little statement saying, uh, Machado, you know what? All the hate and criticism, F you too. So what happened was in the last game on ESPN, uh, Sunday Night Baseball, basically. I don't even know if that was ESPN. Was in a 5-3 win against the Cardinals, of course. Machado got himself almost hitting more off the second baseman for the Cardinals. They almost collided. Machado kind of just went down, slid a little because it's dirt and you're wearing cleats. And everyone thought that was a dirty play. That was not a Padres fan. And for us, we defended Manny Machado like he was one of our relatives. And I love that. Uh, Manny Machado did not make a dirty play at all. People that were saying that just wanted clicks and views and uh, readings on their articles. So shame on them. Pathetic. Uh, Machado, I, I tell people, he's changed ever since he became a Padre. He's been a good guy. The other game before that, he gave a bat to a little kid, made his life, you know, made his day, everything like that. So Manny Machado answers back to the critics with a nice home run early on in the game, 2-0. It was not a dirty slide one bit. So now, on this play, the Rockies failed on a challenge as Profar reached on an error by John Gray, um, over Connor Joe, the first baseman. So that was pretty cool. Jake Cronenworth scored on that one, uh, as that was a very weird play to make it 3 nothing San Diego. Caratini, clutch Caratini, in fact, 
doubled for his fourth of the year. And that brought in two more runs for the Padres in the bottom of the fourth. Everything was all Padres at this point. Darvish, his first double. I believe that was his fourth double in his career. That's his first hit as a Padre. So now Blake Snell and you Darvish are on board, which is great to see. I mean, you really can't make this up at times. So, uh, But before I get into that, Kim singled. He's been having some nice hits. Uh, his slugging's going up. Had a couple doubles uh, to bring in Jerks and Profar. So that was a nice little single in the bottom of the sixth. And Darvish gets his first run as Manny Machado reached on a fielding error. I don't believe that counted as an RBI, of course. Uh, Trevor Story had a really rough day. So... He had two errors, Gray had one, and the Padres finally didn't lead in that category, which was great to see, but John Gray took the loss, 10 hits and only 5 and 2 thirds, 7 runs, but 5 were earned due to a couple of mishaps, and that was big because Gray dominated in Colorado the last time, so you know what, you get on him again, you finally get to read him right, and that's what you need the most out of your team. As for the Padres, you Darvish, 7 innings pitched. Uh, really looked phenomenal. He improved to 4-1. and one. Everything was just going right for him. 81 strikes. 59 of those. 81 pitches. 59 of those were strikes. And Darvish only allowed 4 hits. No earned. No walks. And 10 strikeouts. His ERA has now decreased to 1.81. That is unreal. Obviously an all-star. You can book that one. As for Nabil Krismat. He has been getting called up and down, and hey, welcome back. He went two innings, obviously did not want much harm on that bullpen with this lead, and he struck out two without allowing anything else on the scoreboard. So, Chrismont has been a very good soft-throwing reliever for the team, and the hitting has been good for the Padres in Game 1. Now, runners in scoring position, they were 3-for-12. That you got to improve on. However, in a 7 nothing ball game, you can live with it. For sure. Manny Machado was definitely the player of the game with two hits, one run, two RBIs. So it was good to see that. And the Padres did not strike out much. Three strikeouts to three walks. So you know what? You're getting on base and everything like that. You're putting much tremendous pressure on the Rockies pitching staff that has been struggling a lot this season, especially on the road. So that is a good one. As for game two... The Padres won this one 2-1 to one in wild fashion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you will in a minute. But the Rockies started things off with Josh Fuentes. He has been really good against the Padres so far in a handful of games this year. He doubles for his fifth of the year. Uh, and that brought in C.J. Crone. And that was pitching Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell, obviously the huge controversy going into this is how many innings can he go? Uh, now the walks are increasing, right? Can he get it done? And he did get it done. Despite not having the win or the loss to his resume in nine starts already, he has been doing much better in this one. And I get it. It's the Rockies, right? But you know what? There's still a major league organization with major league talent. No matter how much we can make fun of them, you're going to be atrocious, but it's still major league material, man. So Blake Snell needed this one to really start getting things going, and he did just that. I got to give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, but going back to the offense, the Padres tie the game as Profar grounds out. He always finds ways to tie games, Profar, without having to get hits. It's it's incredible. Um, I've always liked Profar. I'm glad he's 
a Padre, and he finally kind of found his niche with the team. Same goes to Jorge Mateo, who's definitely the player of the game in this one, I would say. Uh, but Profar grounded out and bringing in Tommy Fan to tie the game at one apiece in the bottom of the second after Josh Fuentes' double in the top of the second. And that was really the only scoring until the bottom of the 10th as a wild pitch by Daniel Bard, who's been struggling a lot this year, brought in Jorge Mateo. Now, Jorge Mateo, in extra innings, of course, that extra inning rule applies. Brian O'Grady bunted. Zach Bump, Ron the third, really nice, and a wild pitch out of all things brought to Trent Grisham, really working the count, brought Jorge Mateo home with that blazing speed he's got. And yeah, the team did struggle, six hits apiece for both the Rockies and the Padres. It really was not fun to see um, that one. Uh, Fuentes did have an error, no errors for the Padres in that one. But you know what? Six hits, half of those hits gave from Jake the Rake, Cronenworth, he is unreal. By this time in Game 2, he's batting 306, 819 OPS for a second baseman. You know, Cronzone is that kind of guy that just does whatever he needs to do. He hits for average. The power comes naturally for him. He reminds me of a left-handed version of DJ LeMahieu. He honestly, for his second year, is becoming that much of a threat when he comes up to the plate. Plays good defense like LeMahieu at second base hustles all the time, and really just does his part. And he could do that any part of the order. So he was batting third, I believe, in all three games of this series, and he was just doing everything he could to get on base. He walks. He's got great, great, great plate discipline. So I really like what Jake Cronenworth's got. He's that left-handed version of DJ LeMahieu, really compared to two players, and you'll see the same comparison, I believe. Uh, but besides that, Austin Nola had a nice hit. And the offense was really quiet, of course, with being a 2-1 ball game. So Cronenworth for this one was definitely the player of the game. Uh, but you could also say on the mound, Blake Snell, six innings pitched. He finally reached that one, allowed five hits, one earned run, and that was early on. Did not rattle Snell. Much credit there. One walk and 11 strikeouts. That is tremendous. He cut his ERA down to 3.79. Adams, Pagan, Melanson, and Johnson Went an inning apiece, which Pierce Johnson got the win. And they did just a fabulous job. 18 strikeouts combined for Padres pitching with only four walks issued. So that is numbers you want to see, right? Pitching holding its own still. In two games, the two starting pitchers combined for 21 strikeouts. And in three games total for the starting pitchers, it was fantastic. 32 strikeouts combined as Musgrove. Seven innings. Two hits, no walks, no earned runs, 11 strikeouts. So he improves to 4-4 four and four in Game 3 in the final one. Um, and he needed this. He was 2-4 and four just recently, it felt like. And now being at 4-4, four and four, uh, he's doing well. His, his pitches were really on. The Rockies couldn't hit him. Once again, still a major league team. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. That's the beauty about baseball. And with two hits only allowed... And 11 strikeouts with no walks, that's great. Musgrove at 4-4 four and four cuts his ERA to 2.47. Stammen and Melanson do the light work out of the pen with one inning apiece. Um, and by the way, I want to just say, for Keone Kella, he just received Tommy John surgery. And I wish him the best. He'll be back next year, hopefully stronger and better than ever before. Pomeranz should be back soon, which will be very nice. But the bullpen and the rotation has been holding their own uh, a ton. 
So the Padres really do get a lot of credit on that end. Larry Rothschild really like what he has been done. I'm surprised with what he's been doing uh, so well. So, hey, whatever works, you know, as long as the Padres offense can get it going. So Musgrove was tremendous. But one player that we finally have back that did tremendous was Fernando Tatis Jr. Now, Eric Hosmer came back as well as Tatis today, if you're hearing this yesterday. Um from the COVID-19 list, which is great. Mateo and Profar came back game two, so that was much needed, and now the team has really been winning. Uh, I mean, really, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They're 10 games above 500 without five of their players, and they still don't have Will Myers back. Uh, so, you know what? The Padres are showing their depth. No excuses like the Dodger fans and the Dodger organization has when they uh, were on that nice losing streak and all. So, hey, when you can win with four non-starters in that lineup, it's great to see. So I don't care what you're going against. You beat a really red-hot Cardinals team, and now you beat up a Rockies team that you had to beat in San Diego. That is big. Tatis was a triple away from the cycle in his return. This man is not human. He is unreal. Two doubles, a bomb to start things off for the game, which I'll get into. Two ribbies. He improved that average to 270 and that OPS to 959. He was batting fourth in the lineup for San Diego. As for everything else, Cronenworth and inside the Parker, which was great. So, Tatis first off, homered off Chichi Gonzalez for his 10th fly ball of the year opposite field. That two-handed swing is a beauty. It is looking really good and natural for him. I'm very happy for the kid. Bottom of the fourth makes it one nothing. Jake Cronenworth, I look away for one second, I turn around, he hits an inside-the-park home run for his fourth of the year on Chichi Gonzalez. I mean, oh my goodness, a rock could have gotten to that ball in right field faster than Charlie Blackman did. I'm, I thought that would have been a triple, but hey, you know, when you're getting sent home, Cronenworth kind of hesitated a bit, hustled his way down home. The pitcher, being Chichi Gonzalez at the time, was the cutoff man, and even if they went to the catcher and the backstop... There was no way Cronenworth was getting out on that one. So that was really cool. Bottom of the sixth, San Diego was going crazy. Don Arcillo, a legend when it comes to that play-by-play announcing. He's so good. Uh, he's not really talked about too much until now. So I'm really glad he's getting that recognition. Mark Rent, a great color analyst. I think he's so fun. He's got uh, everything in the bag, too. He's smart. He's funny. He's got it all. Um, so much credit to them. Now, Tatis... Only had two RBIs, but they could have been two of the biggest RBIs in the game besides Crone Zones, as Tatis doubled for his fifth of the year. And that was a nice one. That brought in Trent Grisham from second base off Justin Lawrence. And that was really what did it for San Diego. Um, otherwise than that, like I said, Stamman and Melanson held their own. Mark Melanson, his 15th save of the year. With a .87 ERA now yet to blow a save. And with that cheap contract, it's really nice to see that. Uh, Rosenthal, I really like what he has done for us for that little bit of time. But you know what? With the injury, I wish him the best. But you got to move on. Closes are replaceable. We had a really good one in Brad Hand. We had Kirby Yates. Uh, so it feels like every year we're always getting someone new. But Melanson, the shark. You got to play the shark music, you know. You got to play Jaws instead. I mean, that would be actually pretty sick uh, if that was at Petco Park. But <laughs> he gets... 
his 15th save, which is really nice. Hosmer did not do anything, but hey, that's fine. He's still batting a nice 296. It's better than what we've seen his first year, or maybe even second year in San Diego. So I'll cut him some slack. And yeah, the Padres just really uh, had to get this little squeaker by and avoid the Rockies from doing any damage. Um, and you know what? With the struggling that happened, Tatis was able to resurrect the team from the dead. Now, the Padres are going to be off today, if you're listening, on Thursday. And they're going to stay at home for a three-game set against the Seattle Mariners. No hit twice. They sit at 21-22, and 22, as I'm speaking. Uh, now, they're going to stay that way because they have to travel to San Diego to play. Um, so, the Padres can really open things up here. 10 games above 500, 27 and 17. They are only a half game back. The Giants are really on a roll. One four straight. They're 27 and 16. Uh, the Dodgers are starting to hit their stride right now again, but it's a long season. Um, so if the Padres can get something going here, another sweep, right? They'll be 30 and 17. That's great. It feels like yesterday we were 13 and 12 or something like that. But hey, it's a long season. It's fun to see this team do what they're doing. And as we know right now, not much. And I'll keep you posted on my Twitter for the pitching matchups. Now, Chris Flexen is projected to be the starter for Seattle as he is 4 and 1 with a 3.46 ERA and 39 innings pitch. However, he only has 23 strikeouts. He does give up a lot of walks and hits with a 1.36 rate. Uh, the former Met hasn't pitched uh, with the Mets since 2019. He did not pitch in 2020. But for Seattle, he does his work. He In 39 innings, however, he has allowed 45 hits. And that is going to be something that the Padres got to take advantage of. An average of 300 as well. So, the right-hander. You know, Padres can really take something into that. You have Grisham lead off, let's say, Tatis bat second, or even vice versa. Cronenworth put him up there. You can really get some damage done early, depending on how the bats are swinging. And for the Padres, it is Chris Paddock. He has been getting better and better. The Seattle Mariners team has really been struggling. Um, they're young. We're going to be seeing Ty France again, of course. Luis Torrens, possibly. Uh, Taylor Trammell as well. Uh, but Chris Paddock has gotten better and better. Still sitting at 1-3, and three, but with a 4.45 ERA, I'm confident that he can do a little bit of something. Even if he doesn't get the win, just try and do your job out there. Wins and losses is really not everything, I think. Um, and Paddock, I feel like, will be getting stronger and stronger as the season goes. Uh, and it's baby steps, just like with us and Blake Snell, you know? You never know with these kids. Um, it's a long season, you know, you're getting those 30 starts or so uh, per season in a normal season. So Paddock can definitely do this. He's cut that ERA from 5 up to right now 4.45. It's nice. We have to see that trend keep on going. As for Game 2 and Game 3, right now Seattle has their pitchers intact for the most part. And as for the Padres, they're to be determined. Um, and by the way, if you would like to know any update on who the Padres pitchers are, if you really care, um, and also if you want to listen to newer and previous episodes on this podcast for the Grand Slam and Padres, feel free to follow my podcast at Grand Padres on Twitter. And if you want to follow my main account on Twitter for Dodgers Slander and Padres Love, follow that one at Derosa D57. That's D E R O S A D57. So. 
I'll go into Game 2 and Game 3 for the Mariners. Justice Sheffield, the left-hander, the former Yankee prospect, this is his third year with Seattle, sits at 3-3 three and three with a 4.62 ERA. In 39 innings, he's also allowed 44 hits, uh, one less. And yeah, he's given up a lot of runs, 20 earned. Uh, so that's big. 13 walks and 31 strikeouts, not a bad number. So Justice Sheffield has some control command issues, gives up the long ball sometimes, but you know what? We never know, like I said before. That's the beauty about baseball. Um, we really just don't know, and we can't predict a lot going into that. Now, on the road, Justice Sheffield has given up three home runs, uh, and his average lights up. He's much better at home. Uh, on the road, he gives up a 352 average, two hitters. So that could be a big role for Padres batters again. Now, a left-hander, it could be a little bit different, but hey, plate discipline and everything like that can definitely win you ball games. As for Game 3 right now for Seattle, before I wrap things up, you see Kikuchi will be taking them out, another left-hander for Seattle. And this is his third year, 1-3, a 4.32 ERA. He really hasn't lived up to that potential like Shohei Otani has. By the way, that man is on another planet. Uh, it's so fun to see the most recent Babe Ruth play in our generation. Uh, for Kikuchi, in 50 innings, he's only given up 38 hits, 24 earned runs with 9 long balls. So that could be a little bit of an issue. He has a funky delivery, I would say. So that is kind of odd. Um, but hey... You know what? Whatever works for you. I mean, he's a little inconsistent, I feel like. So, I don't know how I feel about Kikuchi, of course. But, I don't know. He gives up the long ball a lot. So, let's hope he can keep that up with going against his Padres team. That would be real nice. If he does that, we're really in for a fun, fun series against Seattle. In 2019, due to the fact that that was still 162, he gave up 36 home runs and 32 starts. So that is big right there. He was getting lit up like a Christmas tree at that point. And in 2019 and 2020, he has had a career ERA, a season ERA, I should say, of above five at 5.46 and 5.17. So Kikuchi taking the bump for Seattle. And for the San Diego Padres, we do not know, and that should be, uh, determined very soon for games two and game three. After that, Monday, they're going to be facing the Brewers as they're going to be traveling over to American Family Field uh, on the road yet again. So that one should be fun uh, the day right after. So I think that's all I have for you guys on this one. Another sweep. Back-to-back -back sweeps is real nice. Ten games above 500. It's great. you got to take advantage of these teams that are struggling early. Um, and that's what the Rockies have been doing. So the Padres keep on playing good ball. The pitching has been carrying us like no ever before. And you know what? The bullpen and everything like that has been so fun to watch. Glad Tatis is back. Glad basically the whole team is back. I'm really hoping Will Myers can come back soon. I'll also try to update you on that one. Um, hearing what we hear from Kevin Ace, of course, and etc. So... That's all I have for you guys. Look out for another episode after the Mariner series is said and done. And I'll see you guys later. Let's hope we can get the brooms out three series in a row. That'll be really nice to see. But for the Padres playing great ball, San Diego, let's enjoy all that we can get so far. It's been great and really break things open. So I'll see you guys after the Mariner series. I'm out, y'all.
Peace.